L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. It's Memorial Day weekend, and there are a lot of travelers on the road. How many? AAA gives us the details. Recalculating. Recalculating. Pairing a tow vehicle with a trailer sounds like a simple equation, but it's a lot more complicated than we realized. You want answers! I want the truth! We've got some tips and an update on our search for a new truck and RV. And with the unofficial start of summer here, we have the tips you need to know to beat the heat when you're out boondocking. Drivers, start your engines! This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 95 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America in a converted school bus. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are coming to you this week from just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and we are recording outside for the first time since... Episode four? It's been a long time. We, <laughs> we experimented with this a long time ago. It didn't uh, work out so well. But we're staying with my mother right now, and her house is very echoey everywhere. So we figured, well, it's a good time to try outside again. So you're going to hear a bit of nature sounds, but you also might hear... Uh, we're right on the Tennessee River, so you're, you're also probably going to hear... A few boats going by, maybe some helicopters. There was some construction on a dock happening nearby. So it's definitely Friday. <laughs> it's definitely a holiday weekend. That's right. It is Memorial Day weekend. This episode is coming out on the Saturday of a Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you guys are all at a campground. You are chilling. You're enjoying that extra day because that is what extra days are made for camping. AAA every year comes out with some information about holiday travel, usually around this time and then again around Thanksgiving, and they let us know how many people are going to be on the road. They say this is supposed to be the second busiest travel weekend that they have on record since they started tracking this back in the year 2000. Yeah, 42 million, 43 million people are supposed to be heading to see friends, family and off to the campground. And that is including trains, planes and automobiles. But most of them are automobiles. Yeah, I think there was a 3% increase in automobile drivers, road trip drivers this year. So it is going to be busy, which is a perfect time for the Epperson family to get on the road. Yeah, we, we we are heading out from here. We're leaving here for 10 days and then we'll be back here for a bit. But we're going on our little hotel jaunt. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, it's not even a hotel jaunt. It has nothing to do with hotels so much as it is an opportunity to see some parts of North Carolina that we have not experienced yet. And we are doing this as a road trip family using our car as our primary form of transportation. This is something we haven't done in a really long time. And so we wanted to revisit that part of ourselves and just remind ourselves what it's like to be a road tripping family in a minivan or whatever you're using using to get from point A to point B. And it is also giving us a little bit of a break from the bus stress. And it's given Bussy a little bit of a break as well. We're going to be going to Raleigh, Durham, uh, Chapel Hill, 
And then we're going to be staying at a Jellystone in, in one of their cabins. We're excited about doing that. And then we're going to come back here and spend a few more weeks here looking for a truck and a trailer, which we've begun our search of. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Yeah. So it's a perfect time. Triple A knew we were going to get on the road today. So they thought they'd just let us know that our six and a half hour trip is probably going to take us 12 hours. Yeah. That this is like so, the worst day to travel in yeah. 20 years. So okay. friends that we're headed to see in the Raleigh suburb area for the holiday weekend, we should see you shortly after midnight today. <laughs> I don't know when we will learn that our Fridays really just need to be about the podcast, prepping for the podcast and taking care of other work obligations and obligations with the kids. But we haven't learned that yet. We like to jam pack these days and do just as much as humanly possible so that our stress level is right out the window. So North Carolina, we're coming for you. We're gonna see you in about 12 hours. For weeks, you've heard us talking about our new favorite organizational app for all things RV, Togo. Togo has created an ecosystem of offerings that completely digitize the RV operational experience. Checklists, how-to guides, instructional videos, and more, all designed by RVers for RVers. Check out our episode 91 if you haven't already. It's the best internet option on the road episode where we talked with Togo about their brand new all-in-one connectivity kit, Togo Roadlink. It's state-of-the-art hardware. It's the Roadlink C2. It's a powerful Wi-Fi booster combined with a 4G LTE antenna. And it's a small dome that easily installs on your roof. You can control it with an app instead of like a clunky web portal where you have to log in and put an IP address in. And if that's not enough, Roadlink has joined forces with AT&T to offer unlimited, absolutely unlimited 4G LTE data plan specifically for RVers. So whether you're a full-time traveler or weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience and download the Togo app in the U.S. Apple Store or Google Play. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. That's T-O-G-O, and that app is free, so go download it now. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser. It went like this. A duke was hunting in the forest with his men at arms and servants or women at arms, you know, whatever you like. By the way, there's a chainsaw in the background now. And that's that's a whole lot of fun. It's very appropriate for this. <laughs> Duke was hunting in the forest with his men at arms and servants when he came across a tree. Upon it, archery targets were painted and a smack in the middle of each was an arrow. Who is this incredibly fine archer? Cried the Duke. I must find him. After continuing through the forest for a few miles, he came across a small boy carrying a bow and arrow. Eventually, the boy admitted that it was he who shot the arrows plumb into the center of all the targets. You didn't just walk up to the targets and hammer the arrows into the middle, did you? Asked the Duke worriedly. No, my lord. I shot them from a hundred paces. I swear it by all that I hold holy. That's truly astonishing, said the Duke. I hereby admit you to my service. The boy thanked him profusely. But I must ask you one favor in return, the Duke continued. You must tell me how you came to be such an outstanding shot. How did he get to be such a good shot? He's sneaky, that's how. Well, what he did was he shot the arrows and then he went and painted the targets around them. I would do that. That's so something I would do. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just easier that way. <laughs> Our winner this week is Christina R. from Delaware, who will receive a Not All Who Wander Our Lost t-shirt, and you'll have a chance to win yours a little bit later in the show. We wanted to take a little bit of time here uh, as we're, we've begun our search for a new RV. You guys have heard, we, if you listened to last week's episode, we are in the process of looking for a truck and trailer. And uh, we're not experts in towing by mm -hmm. any means. I mean, we tow our van behind us and I've towed things over the years, but uh, an RV trailer is, is new to us. Uh, we've always dealt with motorhomes. So we've been doing a lot of research and we've been learning a lot about trailering. And we wanted to do a little bit of an overview of matching a tow vehicle with whatever you're pulling. Well, really, this was sparked by a great question in the RV Miles Facebook group. If you're not over there, we'd love to have you join us. Someone was curious about they want to tow with their Toyota Sienna, I believe is what it was. And they were looking, they had a particular weight that they can do. I think it was like around 3,500. And they had been given some advice that they should purchase something around 3,200, which thankfully they came to the group and they asked, hey, you know, we're new to this. What do you guys think? And our lovely group was just as kind as could be and really helped him figure out that that was not a very good idea to get so close and I just thought to myself, well, this might be the time of year that it's just good as a little refresher for all of us. And especially for us as we're even deep diving, Jason's really deep diving into this, um, to just talk about it just really quick. Go through some of the things you need to know. Unfortunately, I wish I could make it all easy for you. Wouldn't it be um, easy for us if it was? It sounds like something that should be pretty easy. Like your truck should say, you know, you should be able to see that a 2012 Ford F-150 tows this amount. It's nowhere near that simple, unfortunately. And the more you dig into it, the more you're going to find that there's a lot of complications based on what type of RV you're pulling and based off of the options that came on your tow vehicle. But I think, first of all, let's, let's get to that minivan question and point out what you can tow with something like that. That is actually a little bit more straightforward. Most minivans and vehicles of that size can tow about 3,500 pounds, and that's not much. Um, basically, what you're going to tow with that is a pop-up trailer. Uh, in Some pop-up trailers are actually too heavy for that, but a pop-up trailer or a teardrop or uh, you know any sort of folding tent trailers, stuff like that. And you're going to have to be really mindful about not overpacking those things, too. Yeah, because it's amazing how quickly your stuff you might not think your clothes and things like, you know, of that nature that you bring from the house are going to really add a lot of weight to something. But you would be surprised if you put it on a scale, just how much you pack into a trailer. Yeah. When they figure out what your tow capacity is on a certain vehicle, they're not including all the people in it. They're not including the stuff that you're throwing in the back of it. And they're not including the stuff that you're throwing into the RV itself whenever you're pulling all of that matters. So you really need to look at, first of all, the gross weight rating of the trailer. That's going to tell you what the total capacity is. So not the empty weight, the unloaded vehicle weight. That only tells you what it is unloaded. Loaded, it's going to have water and propane, your clothes and all that, and, and your utensils and your pots and pans. And coffee. But so some of the stuff we've really started to learn quite a bit, though, when it comes to finding a truck is that... You know, everybody will tell you 
that most RVs, after you get over a certain weight, you cannot pull them with a half ton truck. And what's a half ton truck? Isn't it the one that has the 150 on it? Right. Okay. So <laughs> that's how I a know. A Ford F-150 is a half ton truck, a Chevy 1500, Silverado 1500, uh, a Ram 1500. Those are half ton trucks. That's the base level of the regular size pickup trucks. Now, there are also smaller trucks like your Ford Ranger. Toyota Tundras. Um, yeah. These trucks can usually tow anywhere between 6,500 pounds up to, I mean, some of them can tow quite a bit. This is the half ton truck you're talking yes. about. The half ton comes from what it used to be they could carry as a payload in, in the truck bed. So it used to be half ton trucks could carry a thousand pounds. And then you've got your three quarter ton trucks and then you've got your one ton trucks. Nowadays, they can all tow quite a bit more than those names. So those names are a little bit confusing. So I like to say, uh, I like to say for the bigger trucks, the 250 or the 350 or the what you would say, the three quarter ton or the one ton, just call those heavy duty trucks. But here's the thing. It's not necessarily true that a Ford F-250 can automatically tow more than a Ford F-150. Because it all depends on the engine, the weight of the vehicle, and the weight changes based on whether you have extended cab, whether you've got the long bed, uh, whether you have the aluminum body, whether you have the diesel engine. And then the axle ratio of the rear axle, the drive axle of the vehicle, that matters quite a bit. You can have a axle ratio that is tuned to towing, which is going to give it a lot of power on a smaller engine but it's going to give you worse fuel mileage when you're not towing. So the range on a Ford F-150 is anywhere between like uh, on a new one, anywhere between 6,500 pounds and 13,000 pounds. Now 13,000 pounds is most RVs out there. Yeah. I think what we're learning is that we thought first we were going to go truck than trailer. And it seems like now what we're doing is we're going trailer and then truck. Yeah. And for us, just because what we need it for, we want to make sure that we want to stay within this certain weight. We want to stay within this certain size. So it's really important. And I am not comfortable. And this is part of the reason why I personally need to do more research. I am not comfortable, though, purchasing a truck in which I feel we would be on the upper end yeah. of our, our payload, well, our, our pull power. You're exactly right to think of payload because... Payload is actually what often maxes out before what it can pull, right? So there's two numbers that are the biggest concerns. There's what it can pull. So say this truck says it can pull 8,000 pounds. Payload is what it can hold in, in the actual truck bed, the, the downward force on the rear axle, okay? So that's going to be a combination of the tongue weight of your RV so if you're pulling a trailer, the tongue weight is how much weight is is pretty much forward of those uh, those wheels, the axles on the RV. So if you put a scale right on the tongue where the ball attaches and, and lean the RV on it, that's what the tongue weight is. So that's the weight that's pushing downwards on your truck. So you have to figure that in to see if your truck has the payload capacity to carry that, plus whatever you're putting in the rear of the truck. 
So if you're pulling a conventional travel trailer and you plan to fill up the bed with bikes and stuff like that, you have to take that stuff in consideration as well, as well as the people that are going to be riding in the truck. All of that matters. Plus, it's it's always best to load your stuff into your RV as as far forward as possible. Travel trailers should be the heaviest on the front end. That's going to help get rid of sway. So you want it to be able to be able to hold the bulk of the weight on that front end. So payload capacity is usually what's going to max out before whatever it can pull. So that's a really important number to know. And that's where the 250s, the 2500s, the 350s, the 3500s, that's where they shine because they generally have a higher payload capacity. Not always, however. Yeah, every truck is different and we are learning that as well. So I think the bottom line really comes down to the fact that you might have a number of what it says you can pull. This is how much weight it can handle. Go deeper than that. Don't just take that number and don't, as much as we appreciate the hard work that dealers and salespeople put into their day, do not take their information as gospel. Yeah. You need to make sure that you understand what your vehicle, if you're coming in with a vehicle, can handle across many different numbers before you go and look at something. Because they might just try to tell you, oh, well, you, you know, 3,500. Okay, 3,200. That's what you need. You're going to be fine. A lot of people, not. a lot of people will tell you that it's best to be, uh, to give yourself a 20% window, you mm-hmm. know, give you 20, give yourself 20% over the, the weight of your fully loaded trailer, uh, to have that extra pulling power in the truck. Um, I think go as high as possible that you can afford because it, here's the thing. It, it depends on how, how you're going to use the RV because that, that towing capacity it, they're assuming that you're, you know, towing a little bit here and there uh, when they list that towing capacity on, on the truck. If you're maxing it out, they're not assuming that you're towing around the country, you know, 50 days or more a year. And if you're somebody that tows that much, uh, like us, you know, being full time, we, we need to be able to go up those long grades up mountains. Uh, we need to not have the transmission worn out because it is just working so hard for so many days, for so many hours. I saw a picture last night in a Facebook group of a truck that had caught fire and the trailer it was pulling had been it was burned to the ground. And uh, the picture was from one that was a first responder on the scene. And they said, we're pretty sure we can connect the dots straight back to the transmission on this one. Really? And the, yeah. And so and it was an F-150 and they suspect that they were just pulling too much and had been pulling for too long and the transmission couldn't handle it. I think I didn't know a transmission could, you know, light on fire. That's amazing. Yeah. The whole thing was burned. The truck was burned and everyone got out safe. Thank goodness. But the truck was burned. Trailer was burned. And so, you know, that I'm glad that came across my, you know, my feed and I, it gave me pause. And again, it's just, you really need to understand the kind of traveler you want to be with the vehicle that you have mileage is going to play into it. The age of the vehicle, how, you know, if it's something that you, if it's your minivan or if it's, you know, your truck and you've been using it for a long time and you've put a ton of miles on it and you've been running it really hard. Think, think really, really long and hard about how much you want to put on that. When you start to pull with something like how much strain you want to put on that automobile. 
Yeah. So, and the the tow package really matters quite a bit too. The tow package that they put on a truck is generally not just a hitch. Often it is an upgraded transmission cooler. Uh, there can be lots of different options that are beneficial for towing. There are aftermarket upgrades that you can make as well. You can put better tires on that will help stabilize you during towing. You can put better shocks on. And I'm going to link to a few different articles in the show notes. Uh, one explains towing way better than I could from an expert. And another <laughs> one is a, a link to uh, Trailer Life magazine puts out a yearly guide for all the different vehicles for each year. So if you really want to look up a certain truck for a certain year, you can see the, all the different engines, all the different configurations, and what the listed tow capacity of those is. But I got to say, searching for a truck, it's hard. I've been sort of looking because I know there are possibilities in that half ton range for us. But I got to say, it's really hard looking through online listings to find some of that information. And you don't want to have to drive to all the different dealerships, look at the truck and just say, oh, that one's not going to work. Oh, that one's not going to work. That one's not going to work. But we might have to. Right. That might just end up being what we well, do when we come us, back. Well, for us, it's a little bit easier to look in that 250, 2500, mm -hmm. three quarter ton heavy duty truck category. So that's where we're going. But if you already have a truck... You might, you know, look into your engine, look into your tow capacity uh, and your axle ratio and all that, because you might be able to tow a little bit more than you think you can or way less than you think you can. Yeah. But bottom line here, grab a drink, grab your laptop, tuck in for a little bit, because it's not going to be as simple as you think it is to figure this one out. So if you listened to last week, you know that Jason had a little incident recently where he dropped his sunglasses straight down into a bayou, about 20 feet from an alligator. Uh, unfortunately, Jason was not wearing his Shady Rays when that happened because Shady Rays knows that accidents do happen and they have an amazing replacement policy. You drop, you lose, you break, you throw them off the side of a mountain accidentally. Shady Rays is going to replace your sunglasses. And all you have to do is pay a small shipping and handling fee. And I have the Deep Timber Polarized Sunglasses. These are cool. They look like wood grain, but they're not, but they look wood grain. And they're, they're real classy. They're durable. They feel premium, but they don't come at a premium price. No, they are their most popular sunglass. It's at $45 a pair. However, Shady Rays is being super cool and they are giving RV Miles listeners a buy one, get one deal. So you purchase two or more pairs of Shady Rays and you are going to get 50% off. All you have to do is use the code RV. That's essentially two pair of these deep timber polarized glasses, or you could get one for yourself and one for your partners. Abby's got the, the aviators that she really loves. This Tennessee sun is no joke and it is not getting dark here until nine o'clock. Yeah. And we aren't even at summer solstice yet. So I'm pretty much living in my sunglasses at this point. And you should be too. You need to protect your eyes. Go over to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code RV and get 50% off two pair or more. Basically, you're getting a buy one, get one free. Every order, they give 10 meals to fight hunger in the U.S. through Feeding America. Great company. 
awesome. ShadyRays.com. Get yours today. So it's time to give you a, a bit of an update on our on our truck and trailer search. As we've been here in Tennessee, we've begun looking for both trucks and RVs, and we have uh, done a little bit of shopping for both. Uh, I got to say, we've had more luck with RVs. We have. Uh, we found a couple different bunkhouses that we really like. We're still looking. We haven't made a decision at all, but well, we, we would have fine luck with trucks if yeah. we wanted to go spend $60,000, but we right. don't want to spend $60,000. We have a particular budget we want to stay in, and that is proving to be a little bit difficult only because it's not that they're not out there. It's only because everybody else is looking in the exact same price range. There have been trucks we have seen online, and then the next morning we call about it and it's already boom, gone. So we have to really be diligent and be kind of on the top of our game in this price range. That's not to say it won't happen. And I know last week when we talked, we had sort of expressed that, you know, we were looking, maybe this was going to happen over the summer. Maybe if we needed to extend into the fall or into the first of the year, we would do that. Uh, that was before we made the drive uh, from Alabama here to from Montgomery here to and it just became really obvious on that drive that this is sort of the last hurrah a yeah, little bit. I think so. I mean, it could go further. It's not well, dead it by any means. No. It's just annoying to deal with some of the problems that the bus is having. It is. And it will keep us from being able to do the things that we have scheduled to do and to continue doing the adventures that we want to bring to our kids and share with people who join us every week here. So we have had to kick up our timeline a little bit and boy, have we just gotten some really awesome feedback from people sharing their recommendations for trailers, really taking the time to talk to us. And again, this is one of those things I love about the RV miles Facebook group, but I just love about the RV community in general is that, Everybody wants everyone to succeed and to be able to enjoy this lifestyle. And we have been given so much food for thought. I just, from the bottom of my heart, I can't say thank you enough. Yeah. So right now we're looking at a couple different models from Pioneer, a couple mm -hmm. different bunkhouses. Uh, we looked at a Mallard that we really liked as well. And uh, that one seemed really well built, really good yeah. quality. The bunkhouse wasn't quite perfect for us. It was two bunks. And in a sofa, yeah, and we and really we, want the three bunks and still have an extra little bonus space for the kids yeah. to move around. And we talked about that. Could we make two bunks with a you know little sofa area that we would convert for Henry? And maybe if we were just doing weekends or we were just going out for a few weeks or a couple months a year. But, you know, that is not the way we're going to be using the trailer at this time in our lives. And so... We think everyone deserves their own space, their own place to call home within uh, our new, I don't know what we'll call it, Bussy 2. I have no well, idea. Won't be a Bussy. Won't be a Bussy, but um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a surreal experience walking around and looking at these trailers. And it's fun, uh, but I come back and, you know, we see the bus parked in the garage and or in the driveway, I should say. It'd be a really big garage if it was in a garage. And... 
my heart aches a little bit. And I go in there to get things, some clothes or whatever we need. And my heart aches a little bit. And I'm surprised by how attached I am. Yeah. But, you know, it's not stopping the forward motion. It's just part of the whole process. You have to sort of grieve something you're going to lose in order to open yourself up for the new thing to come in. But um, it it's it's going to be and it is for sale. We are officially selling the bus like that. We had talked about maybe we would put it into storage, but we think that she deserves a better life than that. And so, if you know, there's a family that is just wanting to have a bus on a piece of land and live tiny that way. We would rather see Bussy go off and and enjoy her golden years instead of just sitting in storage. Yeah. So, I, you know, we're enjoying the search for RVs. It is fun to go through them. It is, you know, it's that thing where they sort of all blend together every now and then. I was so confused by the eighth one. I yeah. just and it was so hot. It's such a bad time of year to be. Yeah, because they don't have them all plugged in no, with the air conditioners on no. or anything silly like that. So I was um, just like sweating up a storm and trying to figure out whether or not I could, you know, move my family of five into this beautiful space. And I got to hand it to some of these RV manufacturers. The difference between, for me personally, aesthetically, the difference between a 2018 and a 2019 is night and day. Yeah, the last few years, they've really, they've really come along. Not so much on the outside, but on the inside. Yeah. Thank you for With, understanding that dark wood just does not work in a small space. Lighter colors, more. And some of the windows, too, we've noticed they're getting a little bit bigger. There's more opportunities for natural light to really spill into the space. And I just I think that makes all the difference in the world when you live tiny. Well, it's less insulation, but. It, it is, is but I'll pretty. take it. I'll take it because, you know, I appreciate as much sunshine as I can get my hands on. You know, we're going to keep looking and we'll keep you guys updated on the process as we go. But again, if you have any recommendations of things we should be looking at, we, we're going to be looking at a whole lot more. I'm going to a whole lot more dealerships in, in the coming weeks. But I got to say the dealers have been excellent so far. Yeah, really nice people. They really have been. And up front with everything. And mm-hmm. So far, so good. So far, but, you so know, good. We're, at the, we're at the front of the line. When we make that full loop and we get to the, the finish line with this. We'll let you know. Hey, you guys know we love our Pelican Cooler from PelicanCoolers.com. We have a 30-quart hard-sided green cooler that matches Bussy. It's actually green and tan, just like Bussy is. I know, and our new RV is going to have we're to be able have to match, match the cooler. We're have to match the we're, new RV to Yeah, the we're going to have to match it to the cooler. These coolers are a fantastic entry into the premium models of coolers because they are made in the USA. They are 30% lighter than most rotomotive coolers. They have corrosion-resistant stainless steel hardware, But this is actually my favorite feature of these coolers is that they have rubber feet. So they're not sliding in your truck bed and they don't mar up floors or anything like that. The rubber feet are really handy. But my favorite feature is that they are guaranteed for life. That's really hard to find these days. Well, if you're going to invest money in a cooler and it's absolutely worth it to do it, you want to know that that company has got your back for the duration of the life of that cooler. And PelicanCoolers.com absolutely 
has your back. And if you want to check out all the coolers that PelicanCoolers.com offers, head over to PelicanCoolers.com slash RV miles and you will get a free tumbler with any cooler purchase. That's PelicanCoolers.com slash RV miles to get your free tumbler with any cooler purchase today. It's time for our favorite section of the show, Fresh Tank, Black Tank, where we talk about what we love and what we don't love so much about the RV industry, about our national parks, about whatever is going on in the world. Food. Abby, what is your black tank this week? Speaking of food. Speaking of food. Hey, I am black tanking crystals. Crystals, you've been black tanked by me. We were told, we were talking the other night, and I don't know how we got on the subject of White Castle, but if you've never had White Castle, go have some White Castle, okay? Because it's one of those foods that, A, you really shouldn't have it until after midnight, but sometimes you just really crave it. It's greasy spoon fast food, those little slider burgers, crinkle cut French fries. They can turn chicken into rings. I don't know. White Castle's White Castle. They don't really, they don't have White Castle here in the South, but they have the equivalent is called Crystal's. So we were talking about that and it just planted in our brain. We had a craving. We're out looking for trucks. We got a little hungry. It's like, let's go get some crystals. Let's get these. Let's get some sliders. So crystal is, it's essentially a ripoff of White Castle. Yeah. It's it's like the Southern version. The, of the burgers Castle. are nearly identical in shape and, and size. So maybe the, they the, add the, mustard. The little that. tiny square yeah. hamburgers and but Crystal, uh, at least the one we went to, nowhere near as nice as you White know, Castle. And that's saying a lot. Because White Castle <laughs> is not gourmet. Okay, that like I said, you don't go to White Castle unless you really want White Castle. And uh, we went in and um, we can say we've done it. And I left really wishing that I had a White Castle somewhere. So the North has White Castles. The South has Crystal's. The West doesn't have anything. The West, you're missing out on your your tiny little hamburgers, though. You know, yeah, but don't don't invite Crystal to come. (laughs) She doesn't bring a good burger to the party. She just doesn't. If you if they'd let you and you had the cash, you go open up a White Castle in L.A. and you will close down In and Out Burger. You will put them out of business. you, You would do pretty darn well. I know it is greasy spoon. It's greasy spoon fast food. But sometimes I'm telling you, ooh, you just gotta have it, especially if it's after midnight. What's your fresh tank this week as we listen to this lovely dock construction <laughs> happening near us here? Yeah, let's talk. I, my fresh tank this week is outdoors and it has nothing to do with what's going on over at that dock. We are officially or unofficially welcoming in summer this weekend as Memorial Day happens on Monday. It's the big holiday that kind of kicks off the summer season. And my fresh tank is just going to summer sunsets and longer nights out spent outside. And we have really been reminded of how wonderful this time of year is as we've been here in Tennessee and enjoying, you know, they have this beautiful back porch here that looks out to the west over the lake. And we're getting these magnificent sunsets. Kids are outside in the pool until 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. The days are getting longer. And I have to give that to the fresh tank because that is the big, this is this weekend is the beginning of all of that. And we're just going to get the next couple months of beautiful sunsets and long nights outside enjoying some cool drinks. It's (sighs) absolutely great. As long as you can beat the heat. (laughs) I don't mind the heat. We've talked about this. You would take skiing in Colorado and I will take beaches in Florida. That's true. 
that's just oil and water. I'm not a huge fan of cold either, but you know, I like, you know, I like it to be perfect. Yes, you do, Jason Epperson. Uh, <laughs> all right. My fresh tank this week is national park visitors. You know, obviously the national parks have, have experienced some overcrowding due to their popularity in, in recent years. But there is one big benefit to that is that national park visitors contributed $40 billion to the economy in 2018. This is from the National Park Service. Uh, their study just came out uh, a couple days ago, telling us what the impact of the visitors last year were. And and they're saying that not only was there's this 40, $40.1 billion benefit to the nation's economy, but national park visitors supported 329,000 jobs. Give yourselves a high five, national park visitors. Little tiny high five right here on the mic right now. Of those 329,000 jobs, three quarters of them exist in park gateway communities. You know, so the parks are really important for the towns that are in and around them. Of course, we've seen that when- Estes uh, Park yeah. and Springdale with Zion. Yeah. Love, love, love those little towns put it up against a national park site. That's an increase of 4.3 billion over the previous year. So ecotourism is actually really becoming big business. My black tank this week is truck prices. Speaking of big business. <laughs> if there was a keyword for this oh episode, might be the word truck. If you've never bought a truck before, you would just be absolutely amazed at the fact that you might be looking at a truck that has seats in it that are ripped up and matted and it's all just torn to shreds inside and the truck is still $17,000. 20, 21,000. Depending on the year and the, the dealer. dealer and the options and whether it's diesel, the pricing in trucks is ridiculous. And it's getting worse that, you know, the tariffs that have been introduced recently, truck prices are up, RV prices are up as well for the newest ones, which has made there be a little bit more interest in older models. So the older model prices are going up as well because of that. So, so listen, truck prices. Get your act together. Yeah, okay? before we buy one, please. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, seriously. That'd be great. So that's our fresh tank, black tank for the week. It's time now, though, for the new brain teaser. Dun, 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 dun. The following not only describes a book, but it's an anagram for the title. What is it? Huge water tail stuns. And had you tense. Say that again. Huge water tail stuns. End had you tense. If you think you know the answer, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or a message on any of our social media accounts and you might win a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt. That's like an NPR type brain hey, teaser right hey, but there. If you, uh, <laughs> it is. Hey, but if you don't want to, uh, you know, take your chances on the weekly brain teaser, you can also just go buy the Not All Who Wander Our Lost t-shirt and help support the show. We'll provide a link in the show notes. Yeah. If you're like me and you're like, never happening, just going to go, <laughs> it's just worth my time to go buy the t-shirt, then yeah, I can see why you'd want to do that. Looking to connect with other RVers and access tons of great resources and discounts? From motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, bus conversions, and more, FMCA is here to enhance your RV lifestyle. 
For as little as $5 a month, you can travel with peace of mind knowing FMCA has your back. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and tire savings programs, plus their medical emergency and travel assistance program is included free. Hey, who's going to Minot? The FMCA hosts two international conventions every year, and this summer's is nicknamed Minot Magic. It's in Minot, North Dakota, August 14th to 17th. I know a couple people going. We're going to be there. Uh, we, we might, might even, be there in a new trailer. We might be in a new trailer. We might be doing a couple seminars. It's, it's going to be fun. This is their 100th convention. So there's lots of special activities planned along with it. You can camp on the grounds for the entire event, or you can just come for a single day. Everyone's welcome. You do not need to be a member or even own an RV to attend. And that is a really cool point that I want to stress. You do not have to be an FMCA member and you do not have to own an RV to come to this event. If you're curious about what the lifestyle is all about, what these groups are all about, what the community is all about, then this is the perfect place for you to experience that. They'll also have products and services there and uh, you can tour some of the latest RVs. So if you don't own one yet, you can even be looking for them. Maybe there. we'll be a tent camping family there and we'll just be looking for an RV. <laughs> Maybe. If you are planning to attend Minot, sign up today. Early bird registration ends June 13th. You're going to save $20. If you want to become an FMCA member before you head to Minot, and I absolutely encourage you to do so, go to FMCA fmca.com slash rv miles 19 fmca.com slash rv miles 19 and you are going to save ten dollars off that sixty dollar a year membership so you're going to become an fmca member for only fifty dollars click the link in the show notes as it's warming up outside it's time to start thinking about beating the heat and we talked about this a little bit last year around the same time of year ways to sort of avoid the heat of the sun especially when you're out boondocking so we've got a few quick tips that we wanted to share with you that we've learned from others and from our own travels about beating the heat when you're out there and you don't have hookups you can't run your air conditioner and all that sort of stuff and the first one is a tip I got from the RV Geeks. And if you don't follow them on YouTube, they're a really great channel to follow because they do really well-produced videos about uh, different- Practical stuff. Yeah, maintenance on your RV, uh, all kinds of different things. And um, and they're really smart about it and they, they lay their videos out really well. They did a video on why they park facing east when they're boondocking. And it really makes a heck of a lot of sense especially if you're in a motorhome. So if you're in a motorhome, you've got the big window in the front. If you park facing east, you get the sun as it comes up in the morning, but as it gets to the heat of the day, it's no longer coming in those big front windows. The sun travels across the sky at an angle. It's not straight up and down, and it's always at an angle towards the south. And the, the closer you are to winter, the lower that angle is. But if you face east, the sun is beating on the south side of your RV the whole time. That's the side with your awning. So you can put your awning out and that is going to drop the indoor temperature of your RV up to 10 degrees just by having that awning out because the sun's not beating on the side of it. So simple, so smart. It is really smart. The, you might want to consider 
different ways to park depending on your RV. You might have big windows in the back and those might get light at the end of the day. But most of us have, uh, if you don't have a fifth wheel, most of us have a pretty well insulated rear of the RV. So parking east really works out for us. Sometimes your fridge might be in a certain spot where you don't want the sun beating on the fridge. That might be a consideration. But if you if you do this, it's a, it's a great opportunity to keep the sun off your RV by using your awning to do what it was meant to do. If your awning isn't providing enough shade for you, another great tip for boondocking is to add one of those awning shades. If you haven't seen these, they're really great. It's a, it's a net-like material that attaches to the front of your awning and then comes down and it almost looks like you've created a screen room, but it's not a screen room. You've just created a sunshade and shaded in your outdoor living space a little bit better and and keeping even more of that sun off the side of your RV. Another tip I really like is to leave your windows open at night and then shut them as it begins to warm up. So it's gonna get cooler at night. You know, this is a little bit of a no brainer, but you also think, well, if I keep everything closed, I keep everything contained. But if you can, as long as it's not super humid, I don't know that I would recommend this if the humidity is really high, but if the humidity is really high, I don't know that I'd be boondocking to be honest, <laughs> but, if you leave your windows open at night, you're going to get that cooler night air. And then as you get up in the morning and it starts to warm up, go ahead and close them up and then do what you can to conserve that cool. Yeah, your your impetus might be to keep the windows open throughout the day. But if you close them before the heat comes on, you'll preserve that cool for a little bit longer. Cooking outdoors is obviously going to eliminate the heat inside the rig. So try to do all of your cooking outdoors if you can. We will often not only skip the cooking outdoors, but we will just try to do things like sandwiches, sort of cooler meals. Yeah. I tend to crave things that are a little bit cooler or uncooked maybe when it's really, really hot. Yeah, me too. I think everybody does. And, yeah. and, and it's also just, it saves electricity and, and propane, all that sort of stuff that you need to conserve when you're boondocking anyway. Yeah, I think cheese and a little bit of cashews and some fruit, like I'm good to go with lunch. So another great tip is to use your roof fan. And if you don't have one, you should maybe think about investing in one. They use very little battery power. We have one in the bus and it's right next to our bed, which has really served us on nights where it has been a little bit cooler. You know, we only have that one portable air conditioner. And sometimes it does have a little bit of a tough time getting all the way back to Jason and I. Does a great job with the kids. But we have found that that fan really makes all the difference in the world. I think a lot of people are concerned to use them because they think they're going to wear their battery down. But we have found it it can go for days on, on, on a battery charge. Yeah, it really does use at least the brand that we have. And we'll link to it in the show notes. It really does use very little battery power. And all those holes that they put in the RV for, for like vents, if you've got a vent in your roof that pops up, it's the same size as those fans and they just pop right in. So you can easily get them without any modifications to your roof. You can even do it yourself. Yeah, so a couple quick ones here too. Close your blinds and shades or cover the windows from the outside if you can. And then bring in your slides, even if it's just partway, because that's gonna be less space that your AC has to try and yeah, cool down. If you can bring your slides all the way in though, and, and your RV is accessible then, and, and you're able to use your your air conditioner on your generator, turn your generator on, bring your slides in, run your air conditioner for a bit, and then you can, sh then you can shut your generator off, shut your air conditioner off, 
and your space is going to stay cool longer because it's a smaller space. Yeah. And so we have an article called Quick Tips for Beating the Heat in the RV. We're going to link to that in the show notes. And there's a few more things in there you might want to check out just to keep your summer camping season as cool as humanly possible. For links to everything we talked about on today's episode, visit rvmiles.com slash 95. That's right. And if you are loving RV Miles and you want to join us over on the Facebook group, we'd be so thrilled to have you over there. We will provide a link to that in the show notes. And of course, America's National Parks is all new this week. And it's a great one on the Cataloochee Valley right near us here in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. You may have heard about Cades Cove being, you know, this real famous settlement that you can drive through. It's the most popular area of Smoky Mountains National Park. But Cataloochee Valley is another great place. And it's actually a a place that has a a few more of those historic structures and stuff. It's a great episode that actually has interviews from people who who lived there. I'm really hoping we can get over there. What I would like to do is... (laughs) Maybe see if we can convince your mom to keep the kids for the day so we can go do that seven-mile hike. Yeah. Because there, you just looked at me like, maybe I'll stay with my mom for the day, too. No, no, too. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm not going to take the kids on a seven-mile hike. No, but. not that particular one, not in this kind of heat. No. We're not ready to go there. But if you listen to the episode, you'll know why I'm so keen to do the seven-mile hike. It's old-timey stuff. All right, RV Miles is also across all of social media. You can just search for us on your favorite platform. We are also over at OurWanderingFamily.com. We are also on social media there as well. And we would like to thank this week's sponsors, L.L. Bean, FMCA, Togo, Pelican, and Shady Rays. And until next week, enjoy this holiday weekend. We send our best to everyone out there. And hey, keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.